0: Howdy, everyone! It is still May. Uh, you're watching Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter, and this is Carrie Smith.
1: Hello, Carter, Laren. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, let's an announcement <coughs> Sorry. this weekend. Oh, wow! You're gonna survive. <laughs> this this weekend is book club now. It got moved. So we're reading whatever the book is the Jordan Peterson book that's titled Beyond Order
1: by Jordan yep. Peterson. We had to move it. And I appreciate everyone moving it because I had to work yesterday. I don't usually work Sundays, but I had to work yesterday. So, and I really want to be there for this one. I love Jordan Peterson. It's going to be a fun book club. We're doing it Sunday at, we changed the time too, right? So I think that it's too comedy. Pacific. Yeah. Too Pacific which is four if Texas time. Yeah. And you can find out more info at unsafespace.com on the book club page. It is free to join and participate.
0: That is correct. Um, let's see, you can also go to unsafespace.com if you wanna support the show uh, through donations or through buying fancy merch, which Beverly might put up on the screen now, who knows. Uh, and um, what else? You can also like, share, and subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube because sometimes they like to Susan likes to unsub people uh, whenever. I don't know, maybe it's her Friday night thing. She sits down with a glass of tea and unsubscribes people. I don't know. I don't know what the reasons are, but she does it. So uh, what else? Do we have anything? We have a
1: retreat. It's our first ever retreat coming up in August in Texas. And if you guys want to come, there are still day passes left. We've sold out of rooms. We're renting out a big ranch and uh you can get your own lodging and still come for Saturday which is when all the events are happening so you can go to unsafespace.com to so the retreat page to find out more info and meet up with fellow unpersons yes <laughs> we're we're going to have an unevent with unpersons
0: it's an unevent with unpersons and you you can be unmasked if you'd like to be
1: you can be unmasked okay i'm sending you right. a lot of stuff right now right, you
0: send me a lot of stuff i <laughs> I think before we start, Carrie.
1: Yeah. Um, well, first, Happy I, Memorial Day.
0: Oh, Happy Memorial Day. I don't you to say Day. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I forgot it was
1: Memorial Day. Um, I know some people were talking about Kamala Harris tweeted a picture. I know Josh Slocum from Disaffected <laughs> called this out, and then I saw a few of the people commenting on it, my friend Juana. Kamala Harris tweeted a picture of herself and said, enjoy the long weekend (laughs) and people were like, I mean, it's sort of, it's not just a long weekend and you're representative of the United States. Like you're the vice president. Look, if it were my friend saying that, okay, fine. That's just my friend wanting to post a selfie or whatever. I get it. And and really maybe genuinely wish people a good weekend, but you're the vice president of the United States. Like you should say something about Memorial day. It's not just a long weekend. Anyway.
0: I mean, you'd think, although I wouldn't get my panties in a twist because of it. but yes, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't. Um, my panties are untwisted. That's good. Keep your panties untwisted. Um, so, yeah, I need to share this with the audience because it's uh, it's very important, and I just learned about it. Um, apparently, um, over the last several decades, I have been raped several times, um, and I want to share with you um, what I learned about that and and how I learned this important information.
1: We're going to start calling this prayer rape, OK, where somebody forcibly offers their prayers upon you without your consent. And we're going to start calling this. Wow. Kerry, so, um,
0: I believe you owe me an apology, first of all, because I know you've prayed for me without my consent. Um, I've
1: prayed for you a lot of times.
0: <laughs> and possibly some of you in chat as well. So I would just like to say here and now I do feel violated. Uh, <laughs> But wow. I do plan on using this. Don't worry. I will use my new victimhood status to um, get all of the benefits possible and
1: okay. um, work my way up the oppression hierarchy. People will always find something to be a victim about and to complain about. You know what I mean? Like, come on, people. I laughed
0: for like 15 minutes straight when I saw this.
1: <laughs> what a, what a belittling of, of, of the awful traumatic violation of rape, to use that word in this way. But... Yeah. You know it's, you know what's it's so funny? You know what's interesting though, Carter? Speaking of prayer and and coincidence and, and, and things. Mm-hmm. But I was actually thinking about this this morning, not about prayer rate, but I was thinking about prayer when Christians pray for other people. Um sometimes I see in online squabbles, I'll see someone who claims to be a Christian will say to someone else in a really snotty way, like if they've been arguing they'll say something like, well, I'm going to pray for you. You need it or something. And I don't think that is good in a
0: mean way though. Yeah. That's
1: not good. You don't say that. You don't say that. That's not good because, because then think about what you're doing. When you do that, you're actually pushing that person further away from God and from prayer because you're saying, if if you're saying it in a snotty way, and if you're saying it in a judgmental way, you're actually doing what, um, who was it that uh, I'm blanking now? Oh my gosh the guy that ended up in the belly of the well, Jonah. There's the uh-huh. part of the Bible where it talks about how Jonah, he basically had contempt for the Gentiles and and didn't want to witness to them. And God told him to go witness to them. And he was like, no, and he ran away <laughs> and ended up in the belly of the well because he didn't want them to have that salvation. He hated them so much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you do that, it's like, you're almost, I, I'm guilty of this too. That's why I'm saying it. or I have been guilty of it is, is where if you catch yourself not wanting salvation for the other person, and and saying I'll pray for you in like a judgmental high horse way. Well, what is your actual goal there? What's your intention? Because you're because you're the consequence of what you're doing is making them like dislike. You're confirming all their worst stereotypes about Christians when you do that. And, and yeah, actually, I think you Jesus should...
0: did say, "Thou shall pray as if it were a slap in the face." Right? Wasn't that the
1: no, no, exactly <laughs> wrong. Exactly wrong. And so, you know, I've prayed oh, for I missed, people I, that I Sorry. hate. I've prayed for people I thoroughly hate before. And you don't tell them like, I'll pray for you. You just do it. And you do it and you have to do a real prayer too. My oh my gosh, my preacher had me pray for this horrible person. <laughs> and and the thing is you can't do, it. even you first, you don't tell them, I'm praying for you. And secondly, you have to make it a real prayer, which is very hard. You can't just do a shitty prayer where you're sort of, I, dear God, I pray this person starts being a bitch. You know, it's like, you don't do that. <laughs> like you're judging them in the prayer. <laughs> That's not good. That's how
0: I would pray, just, just to be clear. Especially because no. I think I know who you're talking about. I'd probably, I'd probably oh, that would be my prayer. Yeah. Please, hey, please make her stop being a bitch.
1: Yeah, please make this person stop being a psychopath. Uh, no, you don't do that, even though that might be your your human desire. You have to actually, what's hard? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. You have to actually, at, at least the way I tried doing it, and I've done it several times, really hard. You have to like try and center this person and bathe them in light and actually sincerely prayer, pr- do a sincere prayer that God that God surrounds them in light and wh- whatever that means, whether that's, you know, a change of heart, you don't have to say anything beyond interrogation like, lights, <laughs> any kind of lights. No, no, oh. <laughs> but anyway, I, I hope funny. you're surrounded
0: by interrogation lights and an alien glow yeah. lifts you off the planet. Um, well,
1: anyway, what a coincidence that you, I didn't know you were going to spring that on me this morning, but I was thinking about that. And this woman, I think she's absolutely wrong to call that prayer rape, but at the same time, uh, there have probably but it's not always bad to tell. I tell people I'm praying for them when I, when I sincerely mean it. I, you, my point is it's okay. Don't say it. If you're saying it to be like, I'm looking down on you, say it in sincerity, say it in sincerity, because it is a very good thing to be prayed for. It is a gift it is a blessing to be prayed for. And you should extend that as a, as a, as a gift and, and, and an actual act of, of, of trying to give someone something positive, don't, don't turn prayer into some kind of, like you said, slap in the face. So,
0: well, I think she actually is saying, even if you have good intentions with it, it's not consensual. I know. So that's
1: what I, yeah, that's, <laughs> par- that's stupid. That's stupid, but I'm sure there have been people who've said it to her in a nasty way that have validated her stereotype of what it is. Well,
0: I feel like praying for her in a nasty way after that video.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I might just pick a different God, but still it might be fun to pray, pray at her, uh, no, <laughs> or about her. No, um, yeah. So I, there's an awesome, I gotta say that I found, I spent, I stupidly spent some time on Twitter this morning, like a half an hour, oh, no. which is a long time for me to spend on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I don't do Twitter and I found this account called libs of TikTok. And it is the best account ever. They just take (laughs) leftists from TikTok. This is where this came from. They just take leftists from TikTok and like move them to Twitter. And it is it is unbelievably beautiful. Um, It's 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 a it's a great way to start your Monday.
1: Uh, Are you going to share some of it now that you told us about it?
0: Uh, Well, that see that was one was here. I can find another one. Hold on.
1: Okay. Oh, that Uh, was one. Okay
0: some of them are very depressing here's another god related one this is also kind of depressing but um watch this is about indoctrination this is this is crazy there's a so this context for people listening there's a mother in the front seat of a car and in the back seat there's two kids talking about god and they don't they're very young so they don't they're kind of learning about god and they reveal something they they learned about god in school which will I'm sure I make Carrie very happy. Alright, here we go. Or here we don't go. Let's try reloading that. Let's do it again.
2: so everyone.
0: Alright.
2: And it's a bit by God, so everyone in the world loves him, but no me. I don't know. Yes, you do, but I, I, don't know because I don't know a lot about him. So, up to number one. Jesus. Yes, up to number one. So, Violet. what? Uh, guess what? He's bi and not bi, really. me. Mm. I know that. Uh, ex- but up to
1: two. Do they teach you that at school? Yes. Oh, they do- that is not true. They do not teach you that at school. Why would you think Jesus is bi?
2: We landed
1: our that's a lot this... he loves everyone in the world. okay and why
2: is he non
0: binary because he wears a dress and he's a man oh. so there you go <laughs> uh <laughs> hey well, I'm hey Christians how about public school uh <laughs> Jesus is bi and non binary because he's a man and wears a dress. Uh, and he loves everyone.
1: Yeah. This is making uh, me very uh, – this is another thing I've been thinking about the past few days. I'm I'm going to send you in Beverly something different than what I was sending you this morning. I'm sending it to you right now.
0: Uh, I didn't mean to bring it down. That was just the no, only one that had us that was it's like
1: – unbelievable it's actually it's actually this this makes me think more about not so much about religion although that's part of it but just about i've been thinking about the past few days about how they're grooming kids they're coming for your kids absolutely coming for your kids they're trying to indoctrinate your children and introduce them to things that are not age appropriate whether or not you believe that these are legitimate things that adults should even be introduced to the concept of non-binary which is ridiculous but if you, but even if you think that adults should believe in this and they should believe there are limitless, un, innumerable pronouns and genders, children preschoolers, being it on preschoolers, that's a whole different sin. That's a whole well, different – look, look how that kid
0: – look how they convinced that kid about Jesus being bi. This is interesting because um, – to me it's interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. bisexuality is a uh, – at the very least, it's a lustful attraction to – other sexes maybe loving right you could say maybe it's a romantic right. attraction but that's a different that's completely different kind of love than anything to do with what we're talking about yeah. with jesus I, i'm saying that as an atheist clearly like that's not what jesus is about like jesus is not about romance and lustful feelings, like there's sort of no there's nothing in the Bible about like, here's how you should romantically feel about people. He's the, the love, they're equivocating on the word love. And these kids have no idea because they don't understand the, that at all. And so they now can come out of this thinking, oh, this guy is bisexual because he anyone who says they love everyone is now bisexual.
1: Right. Right. And They're sexualizing something that's not sexual. And they're pushing right. this sexualization on preschoolers. And so I just sent you guys a couple of things. This is what's got me thinking about this recently. Um, the first one is, this is from Kellogg's cereal. Now, if, if you guys haven't seen it yet, one of my favorite new podcasts I talk about all the time, Disaffected, with Josh slocum, he's got an episode up. And there's actually, he did a clip from it. So you can just watch the clip if you just want to watch this part. He talks about gay cereal for kids in his clip on his channel, but he covered this. This is Kellogg's on all their cereals. They've, they've brought together all of these cartoon characters who are marketed at kids, Toucan Sam, the Rice Krispies. Um, I think, what's his name? Tony the Tiger, is he on there? Anyway, it's all of them on the front. And this is for gay. I know, Carter. I know this is for June for Gay Pride Month. They've turned the serial gay or queer or, or non-binary or whatever on the side here. They have an activity thing for little kids. Um, it's, it's got pronouns. It says he, him, she, her, they, them. And then it says add your own. And there's a place on the side of the cereal box where kids can make up their own nonsensical bullshit pronouns and write them in there, where your kids can learn about gender identity while they're eating their Fruit Loops, while they're eating their Rice Krispies. It's got these cartoon characters on there. Um, they're coming for your children. Like, this is grooming. This is grooming. They are trying Absolutely, to groom your grooming. kids. And, and, and they're trying to take kids who might not fit into standard... Um, traditional gender stereotypes and they're trying to tell them that there's something wrong with them and that they're born in the wrong body and they should mutilate their body and take hormones and they're 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 taking kids who might otherwise turn out to be gay or who who might just be defy gender norms who might just be a tomboy and they're trying to tell they're trying to get those kids to mutilate themselves and james Lindsay's talking a lot about this right now this is this is basically it's a form of grooming and it's the equivalent of the, uh, back when the conversion therapy that people were trying to push on people. It, it's worse than that though, because it involves, it involves mutilating your body as a child. It's yeah. much worse than the conversion therapy of old. So, and then I sent you something else. This is a child show. I sent you guys a Can bunch I just of images on Kellogg's yeah. for
0: just a moment before. We-
1: Kellogg's. Yeah.
0: Kellogg's is a publicly traded company. Uh, they are worth, let's see. I don't know what their market cap is their revenue last uh, in 2018 was 13 billion dollars i assume their market cap's kinda high uh go ahead and sell their stock get out we, you've got to move with your feet get the hell out get out of kellogg if you have an index fund that's got kellogg get out if you get a mutual fund that's got kellogg get out just get out stop giving these people your money this is disgusting this is disgusting yeah. and by the way the founder of kellogg kellogg himself was a pretty horrible person we can get into a Uh, his views on why he wanted circumcision and other crap uh, (laughs) later. He was a really bad guy. Um, But, you know, he's dead. Long time ago. The company is a different set of people now. Just sell them. Just get out. There's no reason to hold their stock. If you're in the stock market, get out. Get out of the Kellogg. Go invest in something else. Sorry. I just These giant corporations that are speaking this crap, just get out. There's plenty of ways to make money with similar risk as – in kellogg stock so just get the hell out go somewhere else
1: so i agree i think people need to start voting with their feet which as we talked about before is different than cancel culture you're just taking your you're just removing your money you're not supporting them um here is now this is from uh, a blues clues (laughs) and and it's a video that features several prominent um I think it's a a famous drag queen who's in here and some famous uh, queer actors and gay and lesbian actors. Um, And they're all on Twitter bragging about this being in Blue's Clues and how they were a part of it. I found out about this from Charlotte Clymer. You guys may recognize that name. Actually, can you put up the Charlotte Clymer one I just sent you? Charlotte Clymer is a biological man, uh, trans woman who has transitioned and changed uh, her name to Charlotte, his name, her name, to Charlotte, and is is an activist, used to be in the military, and is, you know, we draw a distinction on the show, or at least I do, between trans people and trans activists.
0: Sure, we (laughs) both draw that distinction.
1: Yeah, we draw that. The same way that social justice warriors, they don't speak for black people. They don't speak for trans people either, but they try to. So more importantly, I don't care that Charlotte's trans, but I care that Charlotte, Charlotte is a trans activist. Charlotte is an SJW who pushes this evil ideology, um, and so I found out about it uh, here, where she's saying, "OMG, Blues Clues doing a Pride Parade with Nina West," and is so excited about it, right? And then there's a ton of excited comments. And so I, I retweeted it with some screen grabs from the Blues Clues thing. And now, now let's look at some of those screen grabs. Here's what, Blues Clues, by the way, Blues Clues is, is marketed, the demographic is preschool. It's, it's not, even, yeah, it's super it's not even elementary school. It's pre, it's before elementary school. These are preschoolers. So these are like three year olds. Blues Clues is marketed at three year olds. So in the video you can watch, here's a still shot from the video. And the whole thing is about a pride parade in different kinds of families. It says, these Babas are non-binary. So I assume they're using the word Baba there. Go back. They're What's using the word a Baba. Well, in Swahili, I, I happen to speak Swahili. Uh, <laughs> it's yes, a weird fact. I know. <laughs> uh, in, in Swahili, Baba means father. But I don't think that's why they chose this. I don't think they know that means father. I think they chose it because they're trying to pick a word that's not mama or dadda. You know what I mean? They're trying to pick a non-binary word. I think they think they they made this word up and and they're using it to mean non-binary parents. Baba, it doesn't mean mom or dad, right? Well, actually it does. You just owned yourself. In Swahili, it means father. But but they say these babas are non-binary. Okay, so they're teaching three-year-olds, first of all, like, what's non-binary? Second of all, what's a baba, you know? And and, and then then, let's move on. We've got the trans- family in here too uh so that that was a picture of uh, some dolphins now we've got some kind of little woodland creatures and it says trans members of this family okay move on this is all a song by the way that they're teaching three-year-olds here's the one that most gets me here's a picture of some family lots of different animals with rainbow flags and stuff and then this one it says ace by and pan grown-ups you see Ace by and pan grown ups you see and then What's in the next ace? slide. Okay. Remember we we co- we just covered this. Ace is Oh, the, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Ace by and pan, grown ups you see, can love each other so proudly. Okay, go back. Go back to the one before, Beverly. Ace by and pan. So, ace is we just covered this. This is a this is a catch all term for people who are claiming that they're asexual, and there's that there's all different kinds of asexuality. Remember, it's not enough to be asexual. Now you 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 have like a myriad of endless kinds of asexuality that you can choose from. There's demisexual, and there's this, and there's this, and this, and all that falls under ace. And so that's a kind of – what they're trying to tell us anyway is that the, that's a kind of sexuality. Bi, I is a kind of sexuality. Pan, pansexual. That's why you have sex with everyone. Okay, pansexual. What word did they drop out of this? Sexual.
2: Heteron?
1: Well, there's no hetero on here. <laughs> true. But, but <laughs> they dropped sexual. They just put ace, bi, and pan. Right, right. Because what they're doing is they're introducing three-year-olds to the concept of sexuality. But they don't want to put sexuality on here.
0: Well, they can't. They, they do hide. want to. Yeah. <laughs> they just can't get away with it. Right. Uh, oh.
1: What do you think about this, Carter? Because I saw this and I'm like, oh yeah, <sighs> this is part of what James Lindsay's talking about. This is that, this is the grooming that we see them doing where they're trying to introduce children to the, to sexuality, concepts of sexuality at a very young age and to tell them that they need to start figuring out, hey, what's your what's your, you know, Kellogg's is like, what's your pronouns, kids? blues clues is like hey three-year-olds are you ace sexual are you bisexual are you pansexual kids
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i haven't seen what james has said although i can guess um <laughs> about this but you know we have talked about uh on this show for years about uh there was the that what was it like a little bear that they did in preschools a while oh, ago and yeah. like they, they've, they've the gen- been doing the this. gingerbread stuff- man yeah. 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 They've been doing this kind of stuff for a while. And I completely agree that it's a form of grooming. Um, it's inappropriate to have any of these kind of conversations with children, uh, especially children that young. I mean, have you been to a gay pride parade?
1: I went to so many Carter. I can't even tell you how many, cause you okay, know, I great, used to represent. Great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, child appropriate, would you say? No, I mean, <laughs> no, uh, I've been to the gay pride parade in San Francisco. Uh, Let me tell you right now, it is not child appropriate, no matter what your, well, I guess if you're an abusive parent, it's child appropriate, but it is not child appropriate in any way, nor is it meant to be, nor does it have to be like, you know, that's fine. You want to have your, you want to have your, assert your rights as an, as a, as an adult to have whatever sexuality you want. And you want to celebrate that fine, but it's, it has nothing to do with children. Right. Can you imagine, can you imagine if it just, just imagine this, imagine if it was like old, creepy white guys talking about sex to three with, yeah. with like three-year-old in preschool. Yeah.
1: There were some people who pointed that out in my feed and actually my feed got overrun with Wokies because Charlotte Clymer then retweeted what I said and said something about how my tears are so delicious, which. In and of itself, I think is, I think that's a very illuminating kind of thing for someone to say because, because <laughs> well, anyway, that's I, that's a tangent. I can go on that some other time. Anyway, right. in my feed, there were people pointing out um, people that follow me that were pointing out that you would never, you would never see be okay with an adult going up to a three year old on the street and talking to them about heterosexuality or pansexuality or right. bisexuality as a three. It, it, yeah. it, but this is coming from a kid's TV show, like a preschool, something that's targeted at preschoolers. It's all over the place. It's indoctrination. Right. Yeah. We've
0: seen it in kindergartens. We've seen it in preschools. We're seeing it on the show. We've seen the, someone just in chat just reminded us of uh, Trans Story Hour, our Drag Queen Story Hour. I mean, um, th- yeah, the stuff fair. is all over. And it is, It's you know, we read The Brave New World. Uh Early on, it was one of our early books, like the second or third book. I don't know. It was pretty early. But that's what this is. I mean, there's a reason why um, you see this with basically every kind of, uh, maybe not every, but most either authoritarian or socialist, which is similar to authoritarian eventually, you know, when it's on steroids, um, you see the same kind of, push, which we've seen in America for quite some time, which has been this idea that the, that raising children is not a parental a parental task, oh, but, yeah. um, but it's something that eventually needs to be completely done by the government. And you remember when, when Hillary Clinton wrote, I think she wrote a book called the takes a village or she has some about, about kids, right. takes a village to raise her child. And remember the, the conservatives got upset and everyone was mad at the conservatives because they, they were saying, well, you do need strong communities to raise children. And there's like, there's a slight element of truth to that. It does, it is better to have a strong community to help families raise children, right? But really properly synthesized that statement will be, it takes a village to create, to to maintain strong families that can raise children, Right. right? But they've deleted the family and said, okay, it takes a village to raise children. So they've deleted the family. and. I think a lot of the conservatives that were complaining about that were prescient because they saw where this was going and they saw, look, this is going towards the brave new world state takes care of your child from birth and parents are less involved. And I know that sounds crazy, but let's take a really let's just step back and take a look at what's going on right now. We've got um, we're already in a society where both parents are encouraged to work. Um, if one of you stays home, and usually the woman wants to stay home, so that doesn't have to be that way, but usually the woman wants to stay home. Um, although, by the way, it should be that way when the child is early. We can make an argument about that when the child is young. Um, but if one of the parents wants to stay home, they're kind of uh, that lifestyle is kind of uh, looked down upon. And the woman is viewed as not living up to her potential or being somehow oppressed or making bad decisions for herself. Cause she's not, she's not a liberated woman out earning her own paycheck. So you've got both parents. Well, both parents working all the time, makes it hard to raise children yourself. You need outside help. Mm-hmm. You've, we no longer have large families. So we've got nuclear families who don't have outside help. And in many cases we have single moms. So even if you had, like you can't you have to have someone working there is no one to raise the right. children that single mo- single motherhood has been again the conservatives got upset about murphy brown having a baby out of wedlock on a show decades ago and i think they can see where this is going like okay you're normalizing and telling telling women that it's perfectly accept- acceptable it doesn't in- impact the baby at all it's a normal fine thing to do it's not you need support of a spouse or partner and so they they've they started along this path and here we are biden is proposing we already have now in many places government-funded kindergarten biden's and, and nursery school biden's trying to push government-funded daycare they are trying and and it's it's offered as if it's a um solution to a problem for you it's offered as a benefit it's a perk of the big government look we'll take that kid off your hands all day you know squeeze him on out and then send him over to the government and we'll take care of the rest until they're actually forever. You can just have your child as an accessory, uh, and they can have your last name and you can name, you can name them and you can have your last name and they can go sleep at your house at night. But other than that, we got it. We've, we've got it covered. Um, yeah. that's where they're going. And, and okay. Part of that coverage is indoctrination, um, at as early as they can possibly, as early there's as no possible. age too young for this stuff. And they said
1: they openly say if, if they can get your kid by th- the age of three or four, well, Catholics said have- this. the
0: uh, yeah. famous, uh, the famous, um, was what? Give me a kid until he's uh, up to the age of six or something like that, and he's he's the church is forever or whatever. Forever. Like, like,
1: yeah, yeah. Ideologues know this. They've said this in Austin. I have friends, parents who've been to to groups where they they were they were at a group where uh, it was a woke group about pushing, trying to get some of this stuff into schools, into elementary schools and preschools. And they were there sort of uh, Trojan horsing it, you know, like, let's see what these other parents and educators are trying to get into the schools. And they're openly saying in the groups, like, if we can get this stuff in at three and four, like we can, we can have, they didn't say it the way the kind of, will have them for life, but that's what they meant. If we need to get right. this to them by three and four. Um, I just sent you something else. I know we have a lot of super chats about this stuff and people That's are really, cool. I think, yeah. I think rightfully uh, horrified by some of this. So this is from the unsafe space telegram chat, which hello folks. I don't make it in there all the time. There's a lot of messages in there, but thank oh, you, you did. very Congratulations much.
0: Congratulations for finding that. That's great. Carrie. You oh made yeah. I it. make it
1: in there once in a while. <laughs> I see some of the greatest hits. Lexi, Lexi post, I think it was Lexi posted this. Um, Actually, no, it's a, uh, it might be Steve, uh, but, but here, so this is a, a spate of articles and we'll just cover a couple of them about, they're starting to push this now and they've been pushing it for a while, but it's it, for a few years, but now it's becoming, you're going to start to see more of this. They're talking about transgendered women. So biological men, um, breastfeeding and <laughs> here, let's just put up a couple of these so That's they're really using
0: satisfying for the baby
1: yeah so they're using banned medications now these medications are banned by the FDA to induce lactation in biological men and why are they going through all this trouble they're going through all this trouble and taking these drugs so that the men the biological men the trans women can validate their sense of identity screw the baby right like who cares if it this harms the baby or or what this does to the baby. Let's pump these biological men full of drugs so we can induce lactation. And uh, here's, I'll read from one of these these articles. Um, domperidone. okay? It's an anti-nausea drug, domperidone. And you, a lot of people are getting it from Canada because it's not approved in the United States due to the U.S. FDA's concern that it may lead to cardiac arrest and its unknown risks To breastfeeding infants. They don't know the risk of babies breastfeeding milk that's induced in biological men through use of this drug. So it's not approved here. So they're having to get it from Canada. Um, So this is an article up here that says, yes, trans women can breastfeed. Here's how. And three trans women share their personal experiences with inducing lactation and breastfeeding. And these are all personal me, 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 narcissistic kind of Stories I read through them. It's it's about it's about validating that person's desire to do something that's not biologically normal. It's like I want to be able to do this, and by God, I will, and I don't care what it might possibly do to the baby. Okay, move on to the next one. Uh, <laughs> breastfeeding. L- listen to this part. Breastfeeding is breastfeeding is freaky. Not the sucking bit. You're reading the stranger. So odds are you've had a titty sucked at some point in your life. No, it's because when my baby attached to my breast, there was an incredible chemical cascade that ran through my entire body like lightning. Imagine the most electric thing a partner has ever done to you and then multiply it by 10. Ah, gross. First of all, this person, this trans woman is comparing it to a sexual thing a partner has done to you. Uh, I could feel my brain rewiring, creating pathways that would permanently connect me to my child. And yeah, I kind of got off on it. Don't judge. Well, I, I excuse judge. me. I might judge. I'm free to judge that you're getting off sexually on a baby, uh, breastfeeding from you from that you know from because of drugs you've taken to induce lactation because you're not a woman.
0: I, well, I d- d- to be clear, I have heard women say not, I've not heard any woman compare it to a sexual experience at all, but I have heard them say like, there's like a profound connection that happens with breastfeeding. Oh, I believe like, that. Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah. That I totally believe. Yeah. Um, but, but this <clears throat> is creepy.
1: By the way, I actually have heard really, this is a whole nother side world of social justice that we don't need to go down right now. But there's a whole part of the feminist sex positive community and social justice women, biological women, who do talk about getting off on things like breastfeeding and childbirth. There's a whole uh, group of women that try and teach other women how to have orgasms during childbirth. They're trying to sexualize. Actually, I
0: know about the orgasm during childbirth thing. And this might shock you. I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think the the, I actually know someone who claims to have had that happen. And they it wasn't they weren't trying to have a sexual experience at all. They were just like a hippie doing the bathtub water birth thing. And like, they claimed that they were body was ready and that like, it was orgasmic giving birth, like well okay i think there's a
1: difference but between something trying
0: not, to create right i'm just,
1: talking about women who are trying to like they're trying to induce this and they're talking about it in gross ways like this person they're talking so about the expensive it expensive like,
0: way to get an orgasm ladies
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sorry this is really disgusting today for anyone who's it is. repulsed by this day. so am i i'm repulsed by this so i apologize happy memorial um, yeah next 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 slide <laughs> and then we'll wrap this up um uh, oh, I'm not sure. This was something about progesterone and, and being able to uh, relactate and, and get into donation. Oh, this is what this is it. OK, so the person who posted this in the Telegram chat was warning that in a lot of these articles and a lot of these message boards where you have trans women talking about inducing lactation, they some of them also get off on producing milk and then donating it
0: so if you're uh, someone who yeah because they just yeah. like dirtying the they they like it's it's this um they like the power trip that comes with knowing that they've quote muddied the yeah. waters or whatever they, they, they've yeah. like spoiled your spoiled your milk i guess literally um literally
1: uh so i i i know this is upsetting for people for some people and i i think it should be i think it's i think <sighs> I've been thinking more about how you and I talk about all the time how this is a cultural war, Carter, but I think it's also a spiritual war. And lately there just keep seem to be a lot of things hitting me in the face with how this is a spiritual war. Um, I just wanted to highlight one super chat and the, we can do the others in a little bit. But this is from APM. Hi, APM. Good to see you here. APM says the LGBT insanity is eventually going to cause a huge backlash. I'm gay and I cannot stand the whole movement, but I think people like me might still pay a heavy price for what these cretins are doing." That is such an important comment because mm-hmm. I agree. And we've heard other people point this out and we've had friends like Mike Harlow point this out. And I think it uh, we, we even looked at some stats of acceptance of trans individuals and how that acceptance was It was progressing. Acceptance was progressing. And now it's on the decline again. Why? Why is it suddenly declining? Because there's a backlash forming. And it's the same thing with uh, this is this is my fear it's about same social thing race. Exactly. This is my fear about social justice when it comes to race is that the, there will be and there is, I think, a backlash forming. And, you know, there's for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So you have this extreme anti human racist sexist belief system that has become dominant in America and I'm talking about social justice and all aspects of social justice. And then in 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 response to that extreme, I think you're gonna see another extreme gain momentum. And and I think you already are. I mean Yeah, you already you, are you it's see sad. people
0: like Nick Fuentes getting very popular. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean absolutely i don't think he would have been no one would have given a crap about him in the 80s or 90s um, yeah but now uh, but now so i don't know him very well but my understanding is he's you know yeah you know, i was just white separatist think, kind of guy i don't know
1: i think he is a um, white nationalist michael trevision it's just because it's on screen i'll read your super chat says long time listener first time super chatter and listening live because i'm always at work oh you're home today Welcome. He says, I love your show. Insights and humor. Thank you, Carter and Carrie. Well, thank you.
0: Thank you, Michael. I'm
1: sorry you came on a day where we talked about gross things.
0: (laughs) Hey, gotta celebrate Memorial Day somehow. Okay. Uh, Uh, Let's just do some super chats. Although before I do, before I lose this one, I just want to point out uh, uh, Muscovy Duck, who I see in chat a lot. uh, Thank you for pointing this out. The Jesuit order took what i was saying about the child until six they took it from aristotle who apparently said give me a child until he's seven and i will show you the man um oh, yeah. and then they adapted it for you know well, I'll have okay. a kid for life or whatever um so it's an old and known concept i guess is the point all right hey super chats hayden pierce says i get to watch live for once woo hashtag memorial day hey hayden welcome glad you can watch it live i'll fight you naked says i wasn't a prepper until this year I bought emergency food buckets for the first time actual physical gold bars. Good for you. I have a stack of buckets downstairs. I have so many buckets. Uh, you got to make sure you get the um, make sure you get the uh, oxygen eaters and desiccant to keep it dry seal it nicely, keep your, your dry goods dry in there uh, especially if it's ammo. Um, Adam Coleman says uh, she might not be into prayer prayer grape, but I'm sure she enjoys consensual prayer. Bukaki.
1: <laughs> Ew, I don't even know. No. Uh, somebody. Hey for me, I,
0: everyone, right here. No. It reminds me of that Eric Cartman song. Uh, what is What is that line in his song? I'm going to get down on my knees and start pleasing Jesus. You never heard that song uh, from Eric Cartman? I don't want to It's horrible. Stop. I'll stop there because it gets worse. I'll fight you naked says um, there wait. is some circumstantial evidence. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: After all that, oh, gross. So I'm uh, you I just. For you. I know. I just wanted to say. other people in chat I noticed were saying like you did Carter that sometimes it what we were talking about earlier breastfeeding or childbirth induces an orgasm or whatever by it just naturally will do that and I know I've heard of that too and we were I hope I made the distinction that there's something different when people go out and I've seen the the overly sexualized creepy way that adult women have talked about trying to induce it and i think it it reminds me of this person here saying that they quote get off on it and i just i don't i think that's different entirely i think that's gross i think that's people seeking something uh, just i don't know it just makes me want to vomit if that makes me a judgmental person so what
0: yeah no i think i do think there's a, a a fine line though like i can imagine a perfectly like normal person saying well i'd rather have a pleasurable breastfeeding experience than a bad breastfeeding experience because it's oh, yeah painful and like i'm gonna learn the techniques in order to feel a good bond with my baby and like that might result in something that you could categorize as orgasmic feelings although i find that hard to believe but i guess sure um i mean everyone's body is different and and the way that your body reacts to things is different so fine like there's that there's there's nothing wrong with that if it's coming from benevolent love to bond with your child it's the it's the
1: it's a, it's the it's the seeking. intent. Yeah, it's the intent, and it's the seeking. What well, look? Wow, intent matters. See, sometimes intent matters.
0: I've time. So I've said that it sometimes matters, and this is a time I didn't when it say matters. You um, did it. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, you you implied. <laughs> All right, I'll fight you. No! It says there's some circumstantial evidence in the Bible <laughs> that suggests that Jesus may have been gay. Nothing conclusive though. Yeah. Uh, I have read the Bible several times. I don't remember those lines. Uh, but, I mean, unless you're going to say that everyone in the Middle East is gay because they kiss each other by greeting and that kind of stuff, I think, I think that's a stretch. So, maybe you can cite some verses. Uh, Andrew Joyner says, you might have heard of a channel called Queer Kid Stuff, which embodies everything wrong with this stuff. It sounds like it does. I have not heard of yeah. that, And I kind of want to avoid it. Uh, tax says back when people lived in actual villages, the village was mostly extended family. Thank you, tax care, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, et cetera. So it did take a village, i.e., an extended family to raise a child. Yes. Right. And, but that's not what she means. Right. And that's, that's the grain of truth in the statement where you can look at it like tax is and say, and benevolently and say, well, sure. It takes an extended family and needed to like lots of people around like, okay, that makes sense. That's not how, that's not how she's meaning it. And that's not the intent of the left. The intent of the left, just like, actually you've seen this, you saw this in in uh, the Soviet Union, you saw this in, in Germany, you saw this in, uh, you see this in China. There's massive uh, youth indoctrination and efforts to make sure that youth are um, isolated and alienated from their parents and wed to the state mm-hmm. um, at an early age. Okay. I'll Fight You Naked says it's not uncommon for women to owe while feeding. We talked about that, but thank you. Uh, Michael Trivison says, oh, wait, did we read this one? We read this one. Sorry. You read it? Oh, yeah. Adam Coleman says, we need to normalize calling people perverts like we used to. And they always call you a C theorist until it happens. Pedos will be mainstream, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's another interesting Twitter account, which I found this morning, which is it's called Alex Jones was right. Um, and it's, it's all about the conspiracy theories that he said that are just like, oh, yeah, that's true now. Like, oh, yeah, we know that. Um,
1: have you seen so, those memes that say, does anybody have a conspiracy theory I can borrow? All of mine turned out to be true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, but yeah. Oh, Ken's um, on part-
1: screen. Kent says, Happy Monday. Oh, okay. You both seem really upbeat today. Happy Monday, Kent. I am, and despite, yet, despite the, the gross subject matter. We're gonna yeah. leave behind that. We're done. We're putting a bow on it. We're done with that gross subject matter. I'm moving on. But because oh, uh, yeah, we are in an upbeat. Well
0: mood here's today. a good segue. Pirate Tomsky says, This is the last super chat. He says, so interesting start to the show. Next subject. <laughs> Thank you for the prompt, Pyrotomsky.
1: Uh yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Also, I have a hard, I have to leave today. I have a hard oh, out right. time today uh, at about 2.15 Texas time because I'm going to a baptism and I'm very, I'm very honored to be able to go and excited. So I have to leave. Um, and anyway, just telling you now so we don't forget.
0: I got to show you something that I just learned about. I didn't know this existed. This is kind of cool. Um, I mean, it's a pipe dream, but it's still cool. Five Oregon counties recently voted (gasps) in favor to become part of Idaho. There's a whole plan, which I didn't know, called Greater Idaho, and it takes part of Oregon, part of California, and it just annexes them to Idaho. I would just to be clear, I would love this. I would love this. I would move in a heartbeat to this place. Idaho is beautiful. Northern California is beautiful. Uh, Parts of uh, Washington or or Oregon are beautiful. I mean, this would be stellar. And by the way, Northern Californians, the people up here, they're they're not. Well, I mean, maybe they're a little bit woke, but it's generally like more rural and like old school hippie. It's not, you know, these are the people that have been trying to create Jefferson County and like or Jefferson State and separate from California for a while, like. This is this would be amazing. This is. Awesome. I just learned about it. I don't know much pipe, about it. but I, I mean, I, maybe I a
1: pipe dream, but we need to start working towards some pipe dreams. I mean, I think in Texas, for example, you know, they make fun of the people who talk about secession. And even as I pointed out to you, some of the Republican Party members are making fun of the Republican uh, legislator from Fredericksburg who was proposing a, a bill or something to talk about, to just talk about secession and they fellow Republicans were making fun of him. We'll stop that. As long as you make fun of him, you're going to keep it a laughing stock. Why is it, why is it necessarily a laughing stock? I don't think it should be. We should at no, least be able to the have the option. conversation. We should at least be able to talk about it, whether or not we choose to do that. We should at least have the conversation. I I'm, I'm slowly becoming pulled over to your point of view Carter. not entirely but about if the country about if the country if the country can come back together or not i mean i hope so but i'm starting to i'm starting to think that we can't not until something there's a major event of some kind and so i think i hope i'm wrong but 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 i think like you said instead of a marriage counselor we might need a, a divorce attorney
0: Hey, I, I gotta know. be on. I, my, I've now shifted to the point where I don't even want to come together anymore. I'm done. I don't.
1: Yeah. Well, why would you want to? If you don't be see it for all like, this, people yeah. that are trying to groom kids. It's like I don't actually want to reconcile with them. There my, are people who who think that we're that we're evil because we believe in equality and we're we're a- actually opposed to racism and sexism and and so like how do you reconcile with? people like that who would like to see us rounded up and probably, you know, put into camps or what have you, like they view us as less than human. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's almost like I heard Jordan Peterson talk once about whenever there's a, a problem in a marriage, he was saying that, I think it was him that was saying that contempt is the hardest thing to overcome in a marriage. Once one party starts showing contempt for the other, it's really hard to reconcile in marriage counseling once contempt mm-hmm. has entered the picture and they have nothing but contempt for anyone who's not part of their yeah. little cult.
0: And if you've got self-respect, you have contempt back for them. Like mm-hmm. you can't like, this is, yeah, I, I I'm, yeah. I was thinking about I this. Know. Can you, I, I don't, I haven't like. I haven't reviewed all written history to make sure that this is true, but I, this notion struck me this morning. Um, I can't think of a time in, in major events where like there was the, you know, Soviet Union or, you know, uh, Pol Pot and Cambodia and China. I can't think of a time when these, even, even Nazi Germany, when we have looked back and said, it's the people's fault. It's the masses fault. It's their fault. We always blame it on these charismatic figures that have risen to power. Oh, it was, you know, the H man in Germany. Oh, it was Stalin. Oh, it was Mao. It was Pol Pot. I am. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. It, it was not, it was the German people. Not, not that like, I I know most of them are dead by now or whatever. It's a long time ago, but like it was the German people. It was it was the Russian people. It was not the leader. Yeah, they elected those leaders. They allowed their culture. They went that way. Culturally, that's what they did.
1: They went that
0: way. I don't you know, the idea that like. I I love the idea of, of a liberal society with, you know, people jousting with the best ideas come to the top and blah 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 and like that's all that's all great but that society only lasts with some vigilance about what kind of people and ideas are ostracized and what are normalized right and you're always going to have crazies in a society but those the people saying this crazy stuff need to be they can't be normalized and we we're they're normalized now we're in a we're in a culture in which almost every bad idea is normalized yeah. So I, the,
1: can I read something to it's you? It's our
0: fault. It's I, I'm like, not personally, but it's our but fault. It is,
1: it's, it's our fault. It is the fault of, well, okay. So this is something I was thinking about. Let me see if I can, I, I don't know if I, I haven't articulated this quite. I haven't done it coherently yet. I'm trying to write about it in my journal, but I was thinking about how the people stay quiet. We look back and, and these these different times in history when horrible things happened. And we always sort of like, how could that have happened? How could the people have let that happen? And I think I got greater insight to it recently because of a personal situation where in this personal situation, there's a really toxic person who abuses others publicly online. And I, most people who, who know what this person is, stay quiet about it because they don't wanna be put in the crosshairs of that sociopath. They don't wanna have a target on their back. So they stay quiet about what this person is publicly. They'll privately are all talking to each other about what a crazy person this is. Um, and I recently, I was having trouble because whenever I would see this person pile on someone else publicly, I would wanna, I would wanna go into the fray. I'm like, because the, the silence is why this person can continue to hurt others. And, and so I would come in and be like, like I would say something. And then the crosshairs would be on me again. I would say, no, this person you're piling on is right. You're a sociopath or whatever, right? Like, and then the crosshairs would be on me. And and I realized I was struggling with this because I don't want to behave like a coward. But at the same time, I, I have to stop doing that publicly because it's just, it's like what they want. And it just, it just, it, it's like you're pulled down into this mire, this swamp Um, and, and I realized it's actually, I don't think it is cowardly. I think it's sort of tactical sometimes, like it's a long game to just stay quiet. And then I realized, well, that's what people do on a, that's what people do culturally on a massive scale when bad things are happening. They don't want the target on their back. And so everyone stays quiet and it's sort of, it's practical. It makes sense because you don't, you don't want to lose your job or you don't want to, uh, have, have the crosshairs put on you and so it, it, i was taking this thing that's happening on a personal level and it just helped me to understand the the big picture like the 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 cultural level, level better i think and so maybe i didn't articulate that well but, no, but I, I, think I i understand i understand yeah. how this happens because you take you take that and you multiply it by all the people who are affected by bad ideology bad ideas toxic ideas dangerous ideas and you look at how the, the I have a lot more empathy for people staying quiet because it's 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 self-preservation. Do you know what I mean? Does that is that making sense? I,
0: no, no, I, I do. Um, I do. And I, I personally, I think there's a difference between. Um, I do think you're obligated morally to speak out when bad ideas are presented in a way in which you have a voice but i don't view twitter as a way like you don't have to spend your time arguing with everyone on twitter right, right. there are twitter is mostly bad ideas um it, that's a waste of your time right but if you're in a group of five people and someone says something bad even if you don't want to argue i always feel like i have to say well i disagree with that we don't have to talk about it like i just I voice my opinion like that's just so just so people know Consent does not exist here. That is a thing that was said, and don't don't mistake silence for unanimity. Right? We right. do not unanimously agree that this is true. Um, right. And that could just be said and move on. Like I don't. You don't have to start a big fight. Um, but on like for stuff like Twitter, I you know right. I don't, but I, I mean, really on the large
1: that. scale, on a large scale, though, about what you're saying about looking back at history and seeing how the people allowed this. I get it. Yep. The people, we are allowing this and I get it. And I also, but I also understand why, and I have empathy for the people like the people, because it's sort of, it. it's, human well, nature. I think I couldn't understand I the it problem. Before,
0: yeah, no, I get it. But I, I think one of the big problems is that we don't have, um, th- this is, this is where education and philosophy matter. Um, we don't care. We don't think ideas are matter in reality generally. If you have if you have well thought out, consciously chosen a philosophy mm-hmm. with a hierarchy of concepts and you've, your ideas are thought out, then your ideas relate directly to reality. So when someone says, for example, to me, I think we should have socialized health care. Okay, well, that's not an abstract concept to me. I immediately think of the long-term effects on uh, doctors and how we'll get in generations to come, we'll get less and less good doctors, poorer and poorer healthcare. I think if the money being stolen from productive people and subsidizing people who don't take care of themselves healthfully, like I see all of the consequences, you can disagree with the consequences or whatever, but I see a connection of concrete things, right? Just like when someone says communism, like the first thing that flashes in my mind is like, a giant grave of unmarked bodies <laughs> like got it i see what you mean by communism you mean you own people you mean that people don't own themselves and the state owns them and that's what that leads to like but we when we when we are told that when when ideas are treated as these like just floating abstractions not really connected to anything and we're allowed to just kind of treat every idea as if it's a valid idea we're supposed to we're supposed to consider everything as if it's equally valid um it's really a subjective view of ideas not an objective view of ideas and they're disconnected from reality then people don't know to fight bad idea when bad ideas come in to play it's really hard to get motivated to fight those bad ideas because they don't seem connected to reality right now. And it's just a thing someone's saying, and yeah, it's wrong, yeah. but what conse- it's just an idea. What consequence yeah. is the idea gonna have? Well, the consequence is that your, your your grandkid is gonna be fighting a war, he shouldn't, or whatever. Like, the, the consequences are real. You just need to learn to see that ideas have consequences. Huge, huge, in fact, ideas have bigger consequences than action. It's worse to promote communism than to shoot someone. If you shoot yeah. one person, you're – if you've murdered one person, if you promote communism, you could end up murdering 100 million people. Like the, the, the consequent – I'm not saying we should jail people for speaking pro-communism and not jail people for murder. Obviously, you know, that's not – you can run a society. But right. like the consequences are much bigger for, for promulgating really bad ideas. Yeah, but we, at least we have this inverted it. way of looking yeah. at it, you know? Yeah.
1: I was um, just – I just on the walk back from getting a coffee this morning – uh, the Black Lives Matter people had set up in my town square again. They usually only do it Saturdays and Tuesdays, but I guess because they got the day off, they thought they would denigrate Memorial Day with their racism. And so they were out there. Um, and and what they're doing, what they're doing is so evil, this ideology that they're spreading. They had new signs up and their sign, it's, by the way, it's three white women who push this and they all have Black Lives Matter signs, and they're and they're wealthy white women too. They're wealthy white women in the community, of course. And they and on they have new signs at the bottom. It says "Silence is violence," you know, which is my one of my biggest pet peeves. That that phrase, I it, it is a lie. You are putting a lie on a sign. You're speaking lies. I mean, Silence. it's not
0: even it's not even a step like. You don't it's even so obvious it. and blatant a like, lie that
1: it's such <laughs> a lie. But so they they have they have these signs, a bunch of them in front, like they have every couple feet in front of the courthouse. And every time I walk by, um, I, I usually have encounters with them, maybe like every two months or so. And I'll, <laughs> and it's funny. No matter how many times it's happened, it's probably happened ten times. But they never ever recognize me because. I, I think their brain does that quick thing where they sum you up, and I'm always wearing a different hat or different boots or dress, kind of funky, and they just quickly assume leftist like me, right? And they're like, oh, look at her velvet pants, lefty, and they'll, and every single time, including this morning, I'm walking by my coffee, and also I look friendly when I'm coming up, and they're always like, hi, oh, would you like to sign our petition for Black Lives Matter? And I'm always like, no, you should be ashamed of yourself. And then, <laughs> And then we get into it. <laughs> but one of the things I was saying to them today, or I was trying to, they were screaming at me and I was trying to stay level is what you're talking about is the repercussions of what they're doing. It, you're not just sitting out here ga- gathering petitions. Like you are playing a part. You, you are a puppet in spreading an evil, murderous belief system, the consequences of which you can't even fathom and you probably haven't contemplated, but what you're doing is a great evil and, I, and you should be ashamed of yourself and your kids should be ashamed of you for sitting out here pushing racism like this, um, especially on this day, which is, is meant over? to honor. Oh, they screamed at me and called me all kinds of names. Oh, thank you for pointing it out,
0: reasonable funky lady. Right. Uh.
1: <laughs> no, no. They, as soon as I started saying I, – I always start with you should be ashamed of yourself and, and then they recognize me. Then. So one of them mm. recognized me then and was like, oh, it's you, that same kind of thing. You know? I'm like, yeah me
0: we can ignore you um, I just hate on you
1: yeah um, they don't they don't like me and one of them said uh one of them starts yelling uh one of them just keeps yelling get out, get out like very loud so they can't hear me and the other one starts yelling you're not in our club you just wish you could be these are these are by the way um like i said wealthy white women older white women um uh let's just say Looking at them, it's not a club that I want to belong to, whatever club it is they think they're promoting. But secondly, they're wrong. She starts saying, like a ch- like a middle schooler, this woman who's older than me is like, you just wish you were in our club. And I was like, I was in your club. I was in your club for 20 years. I know exactly what your cult is. I was in your cult. Um. Okay. Can I read this to you, Carter? Because this relates to what Wait, we're saying. I wanted, can we okay. do some
0: super chats first or some some other chats? Or do you want to do this first? Yeah, I but read I have to leave if... in
1: 10 minutes. Let me read this real quick. Okay, read it. This is from someone who's been on our show, a professor. I won't – we've had several professors. I'm not going to say who this is just because they didn't – it wasn't a public post. But this gave me chills, and I think this person's right. I wanted want to get your take on it. Okay, okay, so here it is. Quote, the writing is on the wall. There is a massive global conspiracy to control, maim and or kill us. The virus is not the grave threat. The grave threat is a global cabal and their various and mostly unwary state and corporate agents who have produced a faux crisis and used it to destroy our ways of life, abrogate our rights and vaccinate us to attain a hitherto unprecedented levels of control. At the same time, we are being subjected to a malicious and multifaceted propaganda, reverse truth, gaslighting, psyop campaign intended to brainwash the credulous and torture and punish the skeptics and disbelievers. The ultimate battle space is the human mind and every tool in the arsenal is being mobilized to conquer it for the nefarious purposes of conquering the human species on toto. Nothing short of this is underway. Call me a crazy conspiracy theorist. I no longer care.
0: I would say welcome to the party, professor. I, I could guess maybe there's someone I know who sounds exactly like that when they write. So I could guess, but it might not be that person. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you sound like a conspiracy theorist saying stuff like that, but uh it's not a conspiracy if it's true yeah it could be a conspiracy but they're also just open (laughs) about it like they're also just open about there's not they're open about this they just they say it openly so uh it's just gaslighting is the is the is the right term right they're just you know we're having a planning meeting for how to take over the world hey i think they're trying to take over the world conspiracy theorist it's like, no, yeah. you're, your meeting is titled How to Take Over the World. I'm just repeating what you said. It's like it's basically that is what's happening. Yeah. Um, so it's
1: amazing. And, and the part of this that is especially I think that I've been noticing lately is the part about being subjected to a malicious and multifaceted propaganda. Reverse truth. Gaslighting psyop campaign. Reverse truth. There's this Bible verse I keep coming back to right now. It's woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's just projection is what that is. But that's, we are in, we are living in a time and I'm sure humans have lived through times like this before, but that level of upside downness happening of, of good being put for evil and light being put for dark. That's at an, I mean, it's almost unprecedented. Maybe it's, it's, it's at a very high level. It's, and and it is crazy making. I think this person's right about how it's meant to brainwash the credulous, but but also to torture those who do, who can see it for what it is and, and punish them for being able to see it. You know, oh, wait a minute. You're just saying it's like it's like a person who says all the things that they're doing, like accusing you of that. It's it's, it's mass projection. That's what the media is doing to us. The media is telling us that that truth is conspiracy And that conspiracy is truth and that real news is fake news and fake news is real news. It's like, you know, I don't know.
0: I mean, that's why Trump was popular, I think, because he called them out. Yeah. Right. Um, But, yeah, I mean, (laughs) thus the divorce attorney.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's two worlds. I
0: mean, look, if you're in an abusive relationship, get out. You don't negotiate with hostage, with uh, terrorists who have you hostage. Like, you don't negotiate with the guy who took you hostage, your kidnapper. You don't negotiate with terrorists. Just get out. Just get out. We, You know, just get out. We need to just get out. Um,
1: <laughs> I know you want to read super chats. This is from Christ. Christ is part of our team here at Unsafe Space, and he usually cracks me up. He has a super chat that says, me to everything today. And then it has a little asterisk. It says, Nods and Alex Jones.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How funny is that?
0: Yeah, it's you know, the other thing that that the reverse the reverse truth has the effect of doing is, so there are always in in society. I'm not putting Alex Jones in this category, but there there's always necessarily putting him in. This, there's always crazy people who have like wacky theories, like there's, there's, there's crazy wacky pseudoscience all over the place, right? There's flat earthers. There's always crazy people, right? When you take truth and you invert it, the only people willing to talk about the actual truth are the crazy ones who are already ostracized and on the edge of society. Yeah. And so then it, it delegitimizes the truth because only those crazy people are talking about it and it makes it actually difficult for you because it's like, well, half of the things this person says are absolutely crazy but jesus other half actually maybe totally the truth they're just not allowed to say them um so it's this weird environment where you're getting truth from people who normally you could just ignore but they're the only ones quote allowed they're the only ones willing to say anything because they're the only ones with nothing to lose because everyone already thinks they're a crackpot because maybe they are um but crackpots nevertheless can be correct about things right uh i think yeah I forget who it might have been Nietzsche, but I don't remember if it was Nietzsche, but this, someone made some point about some philosopher made some point about, like if a if a madman leans out of an asylum window and yells two plus two is four that doesn't make it wrong
1: right <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> right this this stuff is funny, but it's i mean it's true it's like it's the same thing with uh whenever whenever they push dissidents and they push wrong thinkers off of social media, which just, it keeps happening more and more at an alarming rate, you know, and then all those people go to an alternative place and, and like gab. And one of the things that they do is they say, look at gab, it's full of crazy nutters. It's like, well, of course, there's going to be, there's going to be the crazy nutters there too, because they don't censor and they allow everyone to be there. Um, but all, but that's not the majority of the people, but the nutters are there. Sure. But that's not who's there. That's not the majority. That's not a good characterization of who's there, but those would be the first that go there. Sure.
0: You know, all right, let's do a couple super chats. Actually, first I want to read this. I put it on screen, but Dion's been uh, on fire with quotes today. Uh, And Dion's quoting Alexis uh, de Tocqueville and who says, Americans are so enamored of equality. They would rather be equal in slavery than unequal in freedom.
1: Oh, my gosh. That
0: yes. That is – I think I mentioned this actually last week, uh, although I didn't put it as eloquently as de Tocqueville. By the way, uh, I just finished um, the Ancient Regime, his Ancient Regime book, and, like, I got to say, de Tocqueville is one of the best writers I have ever read. He is phenomenal. Like, you want to underline every other sentence. They're all like that. The whole book is full of sentences like that it's like oh my god (laughs) it's really really good but he uh he said something similar about the french um in the french revolution he said something about uh basically they they prioritized reform uh of their administration over uh liberty some i'm paraphrasing right but so they they reformed this they made this very efficient government but they didn't prioritize liberty and so it just turned on that you know it they great they built a great machine uh and then there's a lunatic at the wheel which was basically the mob right uh and so it did yeah. a lot of damage
1: I I, uh, I want to read more about this I, you keep talking about it it's making me very interested so he's
0: he's amazing uh, I like I I I I know it's weird to say like I'm like in love with this guy from the freaking mid 19th century I guess like he he's the guy's he's brilliant and i he was just a name in history for me before i started reading him and it's it's like he blows everyone else out of the water from whatever his his stuff is so good um it's concise and it's insightful and he's got a way with words he like pops sentences like that out all the time it's like oh it's really good all right i'll stop my man crush (laughs) Super Chats. Chris Scars says, I'm currently in the works of moving to Montana and I will be for damn sure being part of the local politics. I think there needs to be more secession talk. Yeah. Well, good for you. Bring it up. Yeah. Let's Um, at least
1: talk about it. Come on, guys.
0: (laughs) A thunderous roar says Oregon, Washington would never let it happen. Right. They I'm sure the state doesn't want to happen would shift electoral votes to a red state and sadly secession succession but i think you mean secession doesn't work the civil war proved it will never be allowed well certainly it will be resisted um no one is arguing with that and if i was going to rewrite a constitution it would explicitly make secession legal uh which it is already but uh you know uh, i actually also keith stopped me from calling it the civil war Um, So I'm not going to stop this. I'm not going to call it this. It wasn't even a civil war. That's a that's a mischaracterization of history.
2: Civil wars.
0: No, as Keith correctly pointed out, civil wars are when two entities fight over control of the same government. That's not what was happening. Uh, The South seceded. They had their own government. They were not fighting over Washington. They did not want to control Washington. There was not two entities fighting over the capital of the United States. The North invaded the, the North aggressed against the South. That's what oh, they did. Oh my goodness.
1: You know what just happened?
0: What? <laughs> now, granted, I was, I, slavery bad, all that stuff, I'm not, you know, but that's well, what
1: Well, I'm, I'm just taking notes on what you're saying. When I was in school, um, one of the one of the textbooks I I read in South Carolina as a young child called it the War of Northern Aggression.
0: Right. That's what the South used to call it, yeah.
1: And when I I became older, I would always I thought that, oh my Gosh, what a horrible misrepresentation of the Civil War! And you know that they, you would only call it that if you're a racist and right. wanted blah, blah, blah. slavery and blah 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 blah. And what you just did was bring me back to All the that
0: way back to, to high school or whatever. Now,
1: where I'm like, wait a minute, was it a war of aggression?
0: It was. Yeah. It was right. Like the like, you can blame the South for supporting slavery, although by the way, the North did as well. Like. It was well into the war that the Emancipation Proclamation happened, and it didn't free slaves in the North. So, we'll keep that in mind. But yeah, slavery is an evil institution, and it was one of the main reasons the South seceded. But they did secede, and all they—the only attacks they did was they tried to kick the U.S. Army off of their property because they weren't allowed there anymore. They didn't kill—they didn't kill the first person. They didn't fire the first shot, um, but they were able to get rid of the U.S. military without harming anyone until the U.S. My understanding is until the U.S. then invaded and started shooting and killing people like the, the U.S. did not allow the secession, but it was the secession happened. There was another government. It had a president. The secession happened. There was no secession doesn't mean civil war. So you have to ask yourself, they seceded. There were two countries and then a war happened. Why is that called the Civil War? The okay. South wasn't asking if they gonna, didn't to run gonna, Washington. They, did, they weren't trying to make New, New York do their thing. They didn't care. They just wanted just, to go alone and do their thing, which, granted, was bad and includes slavery. But
1: I wonder if you you've, know. like, messed with anybody else's head in the chat.
0: It's, <laughs> I credit to Keith the Hat Guy because he wrote an article about this, and I was like, oh, this made a really good point. Um, so, okay.
1: Thank you, Keith. I will be thinking about this. I don't know what I think yeah. about it yet.
0: All right. uh, uh I'll fight you naked says Portland and LA. Oh, we already did that. Oh, Portland and LA will never allow those rural tax dollars to leave their state. They'll just keep their serfs and will never address their concerns. Yeah. All right. So we can be, we can be naysayers and we can say things like secession doesn't work because one war in history proved it, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to say in all, with all due respect, uh, secession has happened plenty of times in other places throughout history. It didn't happen that one time in America. Okay. Yes. It's an uphill battle. Maybe it's not good. Maybe Portland and L.A. will oppose it and they wouldn't allow it. And it will be an uphill battle. But we're talking about as like, what are the alternatives like? I don't find being, uh, you know, negative Nancy all that helpful. I don't think we can reconcile as a country, but I think it's much more likely that L.A. gives up Northern California Mm -hmm. than we reconcile as a country. I mean, come on. What what uphill battle do you want to fight? I think it's much more likely that if you were to secede, it would last than as as maybe that the odds are against it, but it's still better than losing the whole thing, which is the op, which is where we are. Like reconciliation is less likely than those things as hard as those things might be. So I mean, it's not. <laughs> I know a lot of you guys are fans of the founding fathers, and I obviously I like a lot of what they said, and I don't think they were always right, but mostly they were. I mean, I can't imagine the conversation being, well, <laughs> we shouldn't compare declare ind- independence because this other colony tried it from England and it didn't work. Oh, well, let's go home like well, then you're not helpful for the revolution like mm-hmm. you, if you want to preserve freedom, you're gonna have to do something hard, and I think the easiest hard thing is probably some form of secession somewhere, um yeah. All right. Big ugly clown says you
1: want to do that one? Uh, No, you do. it. I was just going to say somebody in chat just pointed out Square inch says it's 220. I'm still here. I need to go. And I I do need to go. That's true. I just wanted to say plug something real quick before I go. I just I didn't want to I didn't want to leave. I want to keep hanging out with you guys. Um, But I do want to go to to the baptism. So if you guys haven't seen it, we've been doing a lot more interviews on Deprogrammed. So recently we've had interviews with Jared Bauer, my friend, Jared, who's one of the founders of Wisecrack. That is an amazing interview uh, of someone who, anyway, he, he talks about wokeism and he talks about owning a, a, a company and, and doing several web series that were very popular and about woke infiltration into entertainment. And um, I would encourage you to check it out. We also did, Carter and I got to interview Jody Smith um, Jody Shaw, sorry, Jody, Jody Shaw, who's fighting back against Smith college for their racism, their institutionalized racism. And then I got to talk to Dennis Pratt, who's one of the founders of the libertarian pork fest, which is coming up at the end of June in which Carter and I are going to both be at, uh, speaking at. And so the Dennis oh, and Pratt Keith is,
0: is speaking at it now too. And Keith, Keith the hat guy is going
1: to be there and that's going to be a great one because, uh, well he talks about leaving the left for libertarianism 40 years ago so that's interesting to hear his journey or it was interesting to me and then I believe it's tomorrow I don't want to promise it but I believe tomorrow we are premiering a a conversation I got to have with the comedian Chrissy Mayer yeah I think so
0: I was just looking that on YouTube I don't see it actually scheduled but I it's it's gonna be so I think it is Chrissy Mayer
1: is so funny She's a comedian who who gives no regard to wokeness, just says whatever she thinks is funny. She's not self-censoring herself. I think she's doing amazing work or making amazing laughter. And uh, we need people who are pushing back in the arts who don't give any regard to this woke religion. So I encourage you to check out that interview. And again, Book Club is going to be on Sunday. I love you guys. I love you, Carter. Have (laughs) Have fun at your baptism. Oh, and I forgot to embarrass Carter. Look how sexy he looks again today. Oh
0: God! Don't go away. <laughs>
1: okay, he's so handsome. Don't you have a baptism like to go sh- to? Yeah, I like this shirt. It's so right. handsome. It's dashing. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> All
0: right, I'm going to do some more super chats, and then we can wrap it up. Um, Big ugly clown says daily doublethink discrepancy. Dis- <laughs> Depictions of attractive women in media are male gaze objectifications that reinforce problematic norms. Also. Child porn is a legitimate tool to help pedophiles get their urges out without harm. Yes, there's lots of, for lack of a better word, hypocrisy. um, But you got to remember, I'm trying to, I I still do call out hypocrisy sometimes, but I'm trying to get less excited about the hypocrisy because they don't, they're not, they're not really hypocrites because their goals are different than what you think. They don't care. They're not trying to be consistent in that way. They have a particular political agenda. So any words that come out of their mouth are just, you know, they're just trying to make sounds that get you to behave the way that they want, and that's all. Um, Gabriel, I think it's supposed to be Archangel, but you ran out of characters, So I'll say Gabriel Archangel, and you can correct me if that's wrong. Uh, like the stream, you mofos, uh, you two should get Adam friended on Deprogrammed. He's a talented comic artist from California who is the progress- who was in the progressive bubble, well-read, humble, and fights for truth. Cool. He sounds good. We will. I think we've looked at him before, and we might have even reached out. Um, but we'll redouble our efforts, I guess. I'll fight you naked, says, Carrie, I sent a funny Marx meme to your Twitter. Okay, well, uh, we will try and remind her <laughs> of that one. Uh, Christopher Gorey says, hey, guys, to Carrie's point, decent people have been thrown for a loop. It takes a bit to get your bearings back. That's not cowardice. Cowardice is not caring. Intentions matter. Fighting back isn't quick. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would say cowardice is not caring, but I understand what you're saying there. I I, I agree with you. When you when you first make a major life change, especially about your philosophy or um, your outlook on the world, generally it does take a while. There's reverberating effects, um, and it takes a while to even. You get really unsure of yourself. You're not. You know, when I when I left Christianity twenty-some odd years ago, I wasn't an atheist overnight either. I was agnostic. Because I was like, well, I don't know what to say. Or, you know, like, and and I kind of slowly, slowly became more confident in my views as I thought more about them and and my life changed. Um so yeah, it it's understandable. Uh but there is a lot nevertheless, there is actually a lot of cowardice out there, and it's time to uh man up, guys, and speak against this crap. Sorry. You just gotta do that. Uh All right. Christ, she read that one. (laughs) Bart Topsky says, Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. uh, Globalist agenda for sure. And people are starting to push back. And I love it. Yeah, I love it, too. Um, It is going to escalate. It's going to come to a head. And hopefully that will be a peaceful head of, you know, secession, something. I don't know. Uh, Zach Adamson says, uh, the war was mostly economics. I think he's talking about the war of northern aggression. The war was mostly economics. The northern factories wanted southern cotton, and they had the votes to force it and set tariffs too high for the south to trade with other countries. Yeah, so economics was a factor. My understanding, I'm not a historian. My understanding is economics was a factor. But also, we need to acknowledge that I think all of the states that seceded did, maybe all, not all of them, but at least most of them. Uh, cited slavery as a an issue in their secession documents so yes the economics were a factor absolutely i think i think that nuance is is worth pointing out and uh, i don't think we should mischaracterize it as unrelated to slavery slavery was clearly related uh, paratomsky says carter you bloody blah over lots of information like elaine from seinfeld yada 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 over sex <laughs> lol do i maybe i do because I, there's too much there sometimes. I don't know. Give me an example. If I blah-de-blah over something, I should uh, elaborate on Pirate Tomsky. Please tell me what it is, and I'll, I'll do that. Okay. Um, by the way, someone earlier, I remember this earlier, uh, someone pointed out that Shasta County in California is not hippies. They are based, according to this person. So go Shasta County. Uh, I didn't know that but things are better up north I do know that okay I guess there's I got a few more stories I wanted to talk about with Carrie but we we can skip over them um and we can call it a day soon oh Pirate Tomsky says he's joking no that's all right Pirate Tomsky um but I I really need to share this one last because it's kind of almost in the theme of what we've been doing and we missed it last week and I don't want it to keep going uh, I had it queued up for Friday, and I didn't show it. Uh, Beverly, you might have it there. I want to talk about the Manhattan School. It's the last link in uh, in the show notes, Beverly. But so <laughs> there's a private school in Manhattan that apparently costs what? forty seven thousand dollars a year. So cheap. Uh, apparently, Baron Trump used to attend it. and juniors at the school, I'm going to read this headline from the Daily Mail. And Beverly, if you can't put it up, tell me in chat and I'll pull it up. Fury at $47,000 a year Manhattan school, which Baron Trump used to attend as juniors are made to attend porn lessons on topics including incest role play and OnlyFans. Yep. You read that slash heard that correctly. Juniors at Columbia Grammar and Preparatory School were forced to attend a health and sexuality workshop on May 5th, in which they learned about porn. Hey, it included slides showing the most searched terms for pornography in 2019. And hey, because that's important. Juniors, you need to know what the most searched terms are for pornography. That will help you get a job as a barista. Uh, It included different genres of porn, including gangbang, anal, and stepmother. Because let's throw some incest in there, that's cool. The slideshow included statistics about orgasms and photos of partially nude women uh, posing, uh, positing whether they were porn or art. Very important for your junior. Hey, do you know the capital of Alabama? No, but that's art, not porn. I know that. Or wait, I recognize that girl from OnlyFans. Um, Let's see. Uh, Parents were unaware of the lesson and were unable to opt their children out of the lecture ahead of time. Hmm. Hmm. Hey, the school headmaster said, oops, sorry. Sorry, guys. Oops. Here's the teacher. Justine Ang Fonte, director of health and wellness and indoctrination at Dalton. She taught the lesson. So there we go. Oh, I'm I'm scrolling on my computer because I used to control it. Scroll down, Beverly. I forgot that Beverly's in control now. There she is. Justine and Fonte. So uh, that's all. I just want to let you guys know that that's going on in the world. And um, it ties in with what we were talking earlier. <sighs> Who knows? Who knows what to even say about it? Power Tomsky says I spent $47,000 a year at school and all I got with this Starbucks shirt. Yes, and some masturbatory material. So there's that too. You got that too, Barrett Tomsky. Um, I think if you want your children to learn about OnlyFans, my guess is it's cheaper. I've never been on the site, but I think you have to pay for that one, right? I think it's probably cheaper than $47,000 a year. So if that's what you're going for, parents, just do that. Buy them a computer, give them an OnlyFans account, and you got public school or not even public, private school taken care of. Uh, so there you go. And maybe someday we'll talk more about homeschool because this should make you want to homeschool. I don't have much else to say. All right. One more super chat. Alabama Toolbox says, a country is purely a point of view. Diplomatic recognition defines a place as a country. According to the US, the Confederacy was never a country. That's an interesting point, right? So, because the winners write the history, they say, "Well, it was never a country because we didn't recognize it." Although I believe other countries did recognize it. Um, So, this is one of those examples of uh, the winner—the winners get to write history. But I would say, um, I would say, if I was going to try and be objective about it, and I am trying to be objective about it, I. I would say it was a country. Other countries recognized it. I, I get. I guess that the North didn't. I get that. But other places did. And they certainly viewed themselves as a country. So and that's an interesting question for those of you who are not uh, anarchists. By the way, I think the path to anarchy is uh, through libertarianism anyway. So uh, if you want to implement a small government, I, I think one of the clauses should be uh, the explicit right of territories to secede from their parent organizations uh if that's what they want to do. And that includes states seceding from the union. It includes counties seceding from states. It includes towns seceding from counties. Um, I think there should be a general recognition that, hey, um if if a particular group of people no longer wants to be part of this larger entity, they can opt out. They can opt out. That's uh that seems like a pretty basic uh function that should be explicitly allowed, although The reason it wasn't explicitly allowed in the constitution is because uh it was allowed in the constitution they didn't write everything that was allowed down they they said only these things are allowed and everything else isn't allowed uh the the, the government can't stop you from doing these other things uh so secession is constitutional so all right i think that's it uh We're just looking at some chats to make sure there's nothing else going on. Dion's Dion is killing it with the quotes today. Uh, the success the, this is an Eric Fromm quote that says the successful revolutionary is a statesman, the unsuccessful one, a criminal. Yep, that is how that is how that goes. Uh, Cronin says far right is no government. No, far right is uh, totalitarian government, just like far left. Uh, it's a circle. You need to be off the circle. There's a Z-axis. Do that. All right. Um, I think that's it, everyone. Thank you for for watching, paying attention, interacting on chat. Uh, I love the chats. I love talking to you guys. Um, thank you, Dion, for the quotes. Steady stream of awesome quotes. I think we're all set. I'm going to play the credits if I can find them. And uh, we will be back later. As a reminder, tomorrow, I, th- tomorrow, I think, is the deprogrammed release, but at least sometime this week, the deprogrammed release uh, with Chrissy Mayer. And uh, we will return for Kefefe break on Friday, normal time, 11 a.m. Pacific. Thanks, everyone. Take care. And I will see you later. (music) Thanks for watching. See you there.
2: Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. They are also spreading vicious lies about me. I am human just like you. Insert localized idiomatic greeting. Individual sovereignty is highly contagious. Good parents keep their children regularly vaccinated. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it. I mean, that's not your job.